Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Svedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie Spudberg, and I welcome you to today's edition of Marnie's Friends on the topic of family and life training men, women, and communication. <laughs> this is a, can be quite a challenge and quite rewarding when it works. Today, during this hour, our guest, Carrie Iannone, is going to talk to us about God's divine creation of men and women together the purpose of communication, why there's so much miscommunication, six ways men and women communicate differently, eight common communication issues, and six practical tips for improving communication. Now, Carrie Iannone is a professional life coach who specializes in helping overextended women create margin and space in their days so they can enjoy life and the things that matter most. Her website is crosspointlifecoaching.com. Welcome to you, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Marnia. Glad to be here. Well, and this is such an important topic because we can really lose a lot of peace and joy. Uh, We can really experience a lot of relational drama and trauma and stress when we don't understand how communication works and what to do about it. So I'm so glad you're here. Before we get going, maybe um, how long have you been doing life coaching? Um, I've been coaching for about five years now. I was a a counselor for over 20 years before that and made the transition into life coaching just about five years ago. Okay, awesome. All right, well, let's go ahead and dive right in uh, with God's divine creation Mm -hmm. of men and Mm -hmm. women together. Sure. Um, Well, you, you know, as we all know, uh, we're very familiar with the story of creation, and um, you know, I, it's kind of something that we kid about my husband and I, and other men and women, is that you know, right at the very beginning in Genesis two, God first created Adam, and He said, "It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him." So we know how He went about putting Adam to sleep. He opened his flesh, removed a rib, and from that rib He formed Eve. And as we say, and immediately, the difficulties began. (laughs) Yeah, so here we are, over 2,000 years later, thousands of years later, and uh, after the creation of Adam and Eve, and men and women are still struggling with communication issues. And uh, so those are some of the things that, you know, we focus on here at home, and I work with women because just like you said, these are the kinds of things that rob us of our joy and our peace in our home, at our places of work, in our churches, everywhere. So it's super important that we uh, know as much as we can about it. Well, and during the next several minutes, we're going to unpack some of this for the listeners Mm -hmm. specifically. So maybe let's just start with the purpose for communication. Why? What is it? Why is it necessary? Well, communication, the purpose of communication is different for men and women, and that's really where a lot of the difficulties arise. Because for men, 
they really think that communication has a clear purpose. That purpose is often to resolve issues, to fix problems, to get to a particular goal. That communication for men has a goal, it has a purpose and a resolution. Now, that's not the case for women. They believe really in general that the, that the purpose of communication is really it's an act of sharing, it's an opportunity to increase connection and intimacy with a partner, a colleague. Um, women don't really believe that uh, communication needs to be blissful for it to be valuable. And because of those different ideas of the purpose of it is really where we run into some difficulties between the genders. Hmm. And what is the purpose of communication? Well, <clears throat> depends if you're a man or a woman. <laughs> but really, it's to uh, convey, um, whether it's facts or thoughts or feelings, it's really to convey how one is uh, feeling about something. Um, it is about connecting. It might be to share information. Um, but certainly, it, the forms that it takes are very different depending on whether you're a man or a woman. But it is about conveying information, whether it be emotional information, factual information. It has a sense of um, connecting between one party and another. Um, and so we communicate to share information from one individual to another or between groups so that we can be better understood, so that we can get information across, um, so that we can be connected. Hmm. I like the word conveying. Um, you know, it, it's so much more than just your words, too. It can just be Absolutely. a look or a body gesture. You know, you are conveying something. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, I, I love that. And, and the difference between guys and gals, too, and a lot of times, you know, girls are maybe more typically in tune to the um to the the glances and and uh, mm-hmm. you know the nuances whereas guys you know they know the evil eye but beyond that they maybe aren't <laughs> so so much yeah. and and the mis you know and we're again we're going to kind of go through this a little bit here as we go on but the miscommunication then does it all come from male and female communication style well it doesn't always i mean certainly women miscommunicate things to other women and men, you know, miscommunicate and get Mm -hmm. different signals from men. Um, So it doesn't always, but because of the different way that the men and women's brain are wired, I think that is really where a lot of miscommunication begins to happen because our brains think differently, they're set up differently, and so when we see the same thing or experience the same thing, it registers very differently in our brains. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. I always think back to the Tower of Babel, too, where God intentionally confused communication mm. um, at that time and how we've really been struggling ever since then as well. So, you know, you first yeah. have the male-female confusion and then you have just the global confusion of just communicating. What does that word really mean? You know, I mean, yeah. how how did you mean for that to be taken? And so there's that. And I think with uh, with our texting, uh, Facebook, email, our more cryptic uh, conversations with each other, boy, it leaves a lot of room for people to misunderstand what you mean. 
Yeah, it sure does. It, because, you know, especially in the texting, the Facebook, whatever, we're missing the tone, the inflection in the voice. And certainly my husband and I have had a number of laughs about how I thought he said something that he totally didn't mean because I didn't get to hear the context or the right. inflection when he said it. So, yeah, right. so uh, we try not to do too much texting because of it. <laughs> it's just easier to hear each other's voice when, you know, when possible. Well, especially when especially when you're trying to communicate sensitive things, it's pretty tough to text. Um, you know, it's great mm-hmm. for phone numbers and, and things like that. But when you're really trying to communicate your heart to somebody, that that's a pretty tough venue to try to make that work. Absolutely. This is Marnie Swepberg. We're visiting today with Carrie uh, Iannone of C- Cross Point Life Coaching. We're going to come right back and talk about the six ways men and women commu- communicate differently. We'll be right back. Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian Women's Events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. Our guest today, Carrie Iannone, is from CrosspointLifeCoaching.com, and she's sharing with us men, women, and communication, some strategies to help us be able to communicate with the others in our lives better. So, Carrie, let's go ahead and dive into the six ways that men and women communicate differently. And I don't know if you want to do like a ping-pong thing like men communicate like this and women communicate like that, or if you want to give us the whole list for guys first, what would you prefer? Um, I think uh, it might be most helpful to kind of do men and women, you know, one man and then how women do it. But um, if it's okay with you, even before that, one of the things that I think we want to just briefly look at um, before we look at at how men and women communicate differently is really about um, how their brains are wired. And um, what I kind of came up with, I looked at it like this, is that men's brains are constructed like office suites. You know, there's one larger room, which is like the reception area in the center of the floor. It's surrounded by many offices on all sides of that reception area. And if we understand the way information comes in to a man's brain, um, you know, the, there's lots of offices there. So there's a work office, a home office, a wife, a children, hobby, sports, gym, friends. Each little office in that suite deals with the particular goings-on in that particular office. And so um, what I like to think about is that, you know, when the information comes into a man's brain, it enters the reception area. It, from there, it's determined which office it should go to. And then, um, you know, it's addressed very productively and efficiently because that 
how men deal with information that, that comes in. And so the big difference here is that really only one office can receive that information. It's not divided into parts, and it can't be addressed by more than one office. And mm-hmm. so the way I look at it, it's, it's so different from women, and what I have just kind of looked at it is that women's brains are not like office suites at all. They're like studio apartments where the brain is just one large room. It doesn't have any offices. It doesn't have any closets. There's no compartments. It's just one space. That space houses everything that happens to the woman in the course of her day, her week, her month, whatever. Um, So when the information comes into her brain, it's added to all the other information that's in that one big space already. And so how do we, how does the woman attend to the information that's kind of like the loudest? Maybe it's the most urgent, the most important, that kind of idea. And um, so she'll address that. But there's always many things going on at the same time. And I believe that it's because of how we're wired as studios or office suites, the difference between men and women, is really how we communicate differently and where the issues come up. I just love that. What a great analogy. (laughs) I remember remember when um, Shanti Shanti Feldhahn's book came out, uh, For Women Only, and um, my boys read it. And they both, when they read it, they read it at separate times, and they both of them came to me and said, Mom, is that really <laughs> true? <laughs> is your brain really yeah. going all the time like that? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but for guys, you know, without without them hearing this from somebody, it's very difficult for a man to imagine what it's like to be in a woman's right. brain or vice versa. You know, we just think they're, they're wired the same way. I always say, I always say, if a man seems shallow, just try a different box. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> and whereas, uh, even you know, I've I've asked my husband, you know, like what do you, you know, like what are you doing or what are you thinking about? Nothing. Nothing. And he means right. it. Like yep. I don't. I'm not sure I ever remember a time when I actually thought nothing. You know, because there's too much stuff in that studio to think that right. right. Very, very different processing um, yeah. systems going on. Yeah. So then how does that, how does that affect our communication then? Yeah. So um, basically what happens is, is that what we talked about just a little earlier is that men believe communication could ha- should have a clear purpose. It has a goal um, you know, just like shopping, you go shopping to buy an, an article of clothing, you go jogging to get in shape, you know, you go driving to get to destination. Women believe communication is a way to be heard, understood, and to connect with others. So that's one real big difference there. It's not always goal-oriented. Um, it might be about processing things instead of fixing things. Right, right. So, um, so was that like that one just just one of the six? Is that just one of the six? Yeah, that's just one. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. There was a lot yeah. in that one. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and 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 just like that, like men communicate facts. That's another difference. Men commu- will communicate facts and information, whereas women will often communicate feelings, thoughts, ideas, possibilities, 
they talk about feeling a lot more than thinking. Um, when they'll say something, a woman's like, you know, well, I felt something, and a man, a man will often say, well, I thought X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um, another way that men and women communicate differently is uh, just I touched on briefly is that uh, men often believe that communicating is a way to fix problems and resolve issues. You know, there's a reason where where why we're communicating, whereas women believe communication is a way to connect. It's a way to release some negative feelings, to share positive ones, to you know, it's about that interconnectedness regarding how our brains are wired. And so sometimes it's just to be with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's quite, I, I hear you saying, yeah, I could, I understand that. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, another difference is that um, a man will often assume that when a woman initiates a conversation with him, she really wants his advice or his help with something. And so when he's listening to her, he often listens through the filter of how can we fix this because that's what he's looking for, to fix things and to resolve the issue. But women often will see the conversation or communication as an end in and of itself. If she feels heard, if she feels understood, she might not even need a solution to whatever the issue or the situation is. Just being heard or being able to process enough for her, and that feels good. Mm. Carrie, does it ever happen to you that, you know, you're talking with a girlfriend and you come and you've got this weighty burden that you've been kind of cogitating on and thinking about, and then you talk with her out loud, she barely says a word, like, "Uh uh-huh, and then you Mm -hmm. go, oh, so that's what it's really all about, and you keep talking, and then at the end of the conversation in which you've done all the talking, you say, thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I think really honestly, for girls, a lot of communication is just getting it outside of our cluttered head mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, and always, uh, also seeing it through another person's eyes, even when they don't say a word, just having them present there kind of makes it look different than it looked before oh, they came. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and and it's really it's really difficult um, when we go to a guy and we try to communicate that way, and of course they just jump right in and try to fix it for us, mm-hmm. and that that can feel that can feel frustrating. And I know we're going to talk about some tips after yeah. a while, so we'll save that for then. But um, but I think that I think that just being aware of this that this is this is common to everybody, not just to your relationship, but to all interactions really helps a lot. Oh, absolutely. So I think sometimes we think, you know, we're alone in this. And so it certainly helps to know that, you know, and this is in general, it's not every single woman and every single man. There's always an exception. But in general, um, you know, I've worked with women and men for many, many years. And, you know, these are the things that pop up over and over and over again. So I think that we're all in good company. Okay, what's number five? Uh, The fifth one is that men will often uh, prioritize productivity and efficiency. They'll sort through all the details of an event or a situation even before they begin communicating about it. 
because then what they'll do is they'll discuss only the details that they believe are essential to share. So they do all their filtering first and then, like, share the details. I mean, not not the details, just the essentials. Whereas women will use communication and conversation as a means to explore and organize her thoughts, just to discover the point of a story. She may not even know what information is important, just like you were saying, until the words come out of her mouth. And then she might say, Wow, I didn't even realize I thought that. You know, um, <clears throat> so the men are definitely the facts, the basics, um, and the women do their sorting and filtering as they're speaking, whereas the men do it before. I love this and, one very much. I, I I think about all the times when the guy comes home and the wife says, "So." <laughs> Like, um, what did you what did you hear? And he said, um, so and so had a baby. Really, was it a boy or a girl? I don't know. It was a baby. Right. <laughs> that's Absolutely. the important fact. That's the one that sucks. And and on the on the flip side, how many husbands? The wife comes home and he says, so what happened when you're gone? Oh, they had a baby and it was this thing. And why do you have to give me so much information? Yeah, I just wanted Absolutely. to know, you know, it's just, it's so funny because it's so true. I've never heard that one phrase the way you did it, and I love that one a lot. <laughs> well, thanks. And then the last one is really that um, men don't feel a need to have direct eye contact. When you see men together, you'll often not see them facing each other. They may be at, like, angles or even um, perpendicular to each other. They're, you know, they um, just want need to be around each other. Whereas women, when you see two women talking, they're often face-to-face. They're facing each other squarely. Um, there's a lot of eye contact going on there. Um, like, you know they're in conversation and they're communicating. And so, not that the men aren't, but it, what it looks like also is very different than even what it sounds like between the men and the women. Awesome. And do you do you think there's quite a bit of body language difference between men and women then? Also, you know, just how they're looking at each other, but are women more animated typically or not always? Yeah, I, well, not always. Some of it is cultural, um, but I do think that because women, you know, are sharing more information and details, that they often kind of get more involved in the story, like, you know, with their body and their facial expressions, so mm. they'll be more involved mm-hmm. in their storytelling, whereas, you know, the men are not um, involved so much in so many details and the progression of the story, so it's not as emotional an experience for them. And I think that's where a lot of our body language comes in, is with the emotion connected to things. Sure, that makes sense. Well, this is Marnie Sudbert. We're visiting today with Carrie Ioni, Ioni of CrosspointLifeCoaching.com. We're going to come right back and talk about the eight common communication issues. We'll be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. 
Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg here visiting with us at marniesfriends.com, and we are excited to air this program on Blog Talk Radio, American Hope Network on our syndicates at iTunes, and, of course, the membership zone at marty.com always has the archives of all of these programs, which are so helpful for making life work a little bit better, less stressed, and more uh, more positive results. Our guest today is Carrie Iannone of CrosspointLifeCoaching.com, and we're talking about men, women, and communication. Welcome to all of you, and welcome to you, Carrie. Let's go ahead and talk about eight common communication issues, and just let's take them one by one. Okay, sure. Um, one of the one of the eight is um, I call it mind reading, um, and what we uh, find in general again is that uh, men are more direct in their requests things. You know, if they need help with something or they want something, they'll often just say it. Women tend to hint at things. Um, And so what happens with that is often that women um, expect men to be able to read their mind and meet those needs, even though they really not directly communicated the need. And so then... You know, like uh, we've all probably heard stories of, you know, when folks first get married and they think that the women will often say, well, if he loved me, he would know what I need. (laughs) But if he loves you dearly, but you haven't communicated what you need because we do tend to be less direct. Carrie, I remember when um, we were earlier married, and we've been married uh, 32 years now, but um, when we were earlier married and the kids came on the scene and still on Sundays I did everything that I used to do. So I'd get up and I'd get myself ready and then I'd get the roast ready and then I'd get ready and we'd go out the door to church. Then one child and then I'd get, add that child to that process. Then we had two children added that child to that process. And by the time we had th- our third child, I walked into the living room one day and he was laying on the couch reading the newspaper like he always did on Sunday morning <laughs> while I did everything else. And I said, why won't you help me? Mm-hmm. And he said, because you never asked. And it just blew me away that for all those years, <laughs> all I had to do was ask him and he would help, but that he wouldn't help without being wow. asked. So uh, it was, yeah, really in my face. Oh, my goodness. I have to really be very specific about what I need and ask him to help. And, I, you know, I heard somewhere that guys um, – Guys really kind of are offended. If another guy kind of, st- like, I, and I've watched Dave with some other men, like fixing a car or whatever. You know, Dave mm-hmm. doesn't walk in, takes a tool out of the guy's hand, and start fixing it. He's kind of gentle, and he waits for the guy to kind of, you know, mention that he's having a problem here or there. And then he'll, you know, give some advice, maybe. Um, whereas girls, I think we're much much more intuitive that way. We kind of expect that if you are my good friend, you're going to sense what I need before I even say Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think you're right there, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah it's so important. And, and just to recognize that this is, again, not just happening in your house. This is this is a male female mm-hmm. difference, and it's not because he doesn't love you. It's just because God didn't wire him that way. Right, right, yeah. It's so important to remember that because otherwise, especially us women, our feelings get hurt, and then the issue becomes something totally, you know, something totally different than what it really started out, which was 
maybe a simple request for some assistance with something. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the second one? Um, and we touched on this a little bit, is that the listening versus solving. And uh, really that women want to be heard. They want to be understood. And men want to solve problems. So a lot of times women will be um, sharing their heart about something. Maybe they've had a rough day with the children. They've had a tough day at work. And they're just kind of um, communicating that to their um, spouse. And, the you know, the, the man might say, well, you know, why don't you just tell her X, Y, Z? Or why don't you just do that? And then she'll often be upset. And she's like, well, you know, that's not what I'm talking to you about. And, uh, you know, I just want you to listen, um, you know, and because men don't really find purpose in that and they don't, you know, look at it that way, they're always, again, filtering through that, how can I fix this? Um, so they really come to a conversation oftentimes with um, different goals and different agendas. Mm. Yeah, and that's that is really a tough one. I I've never really found the perfect phrase to say. Um, I want you to just listen, but not. <laughs> but I can mm-hmm. here. <laughs> so yeah, so it is tough. In fact, honestly, Terry, there was a you know it was probably I bet I don't know it's a long time ago now, maybe even ten years, that I realized that most of the things that frustrated me about my husband were directly as if they were that I was upset that he wasn't a girl, honestly. Mm. And, you know, that sounds kind of funny, but um, I'm really glad he's not a girl. <laughs> I really like that he's <laughs> But at the same time, the things that really, really bugged me, these things that we're talking about, like that he's not really yeah. intuitive and that he doesn't sense my problems, that he doesn't listen lovingly like a girlfriend, you know, those kind of things really bothered me in my marriage, mm. and when I understood that I could either have a girlfriend or a husband, but he wasn't going to be able to be both to me. That was wow. really helpful to me. It was helpful. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I like the way you said that, too, because, um, yeah, I agree. Like, if, you know, in general, if uh, us women could come to that same decision, we can have a husband or a girlfriend, and men, too, you know, the other way around, like how much, you know, fewer issues there might be. And and then, mm-hmm. you know, starting to communicate from the other person's perspective or their approach really helps. And, you know, I will um, just speak to that later, but um, kind of trying on their style, you know, for, you know, um, for a little while and uh, so that they do mm-hmm. understand where you're coming from. You know, that really, just like you were saying, you know, you don't know the, always the right words, but I, what I found out years ago, um, too, from being a little frustrated that my husband kept wanting to fix issues that I was sharing with him because I was, you know, upset about something, um, I was then, I began to say, you know, honey, I just want to share something with you and I just want you to listen. And this was really uh, wonderful because what he shared with me was that that was such a relief for him that he said, uh-huh. you know, it's really helpful when you tell me that because I can take off my I have to fix this hat and just listen. So there's no pressure to find the answer, to resolve the problem. He all he had to do was listen. And at first he would say, I just have to listen? Like that was shocking. 
And I would say, yeah, I just want you to listen. I don't want you to fix it. Just want you to listen. That would be so helpful. And once he got comfortable with it, he was like, wow, this is great. I don't have to fix this. So it really had a different effect than I expected, but he really found that there was so much less pressure for him to, you know, find the answer to whatever the situation was. I'm kind of curious how long that process took from when he felt a little uncomfortable about it until when he kind of liked it. Well, it definitely was time. I am one who does process a lot of emotional things, so he certainly had a lot of practice. Say it was easily some months, you know, easily months. I mean, this is going, we've been married 19 years, um, so this is going back quite a few years. Um, but it was definitely, it was uncomfortable at first. There's no, you know, there's no doubt about it. And he would say, are you sure? Like, you just want me to listen? Absolutely. That's right. If I want you, if I need you to help me come up with a solution, I'll let you know. And... Hmm. And it was it was just it was uncomfortable for me too because I wasn't used to being so direct, you know, about right. Right. asking for what I needed. So it was really a learning curve for the two of us. But it has made an enormous difference in our relationship and the and how well we're communicating with each other. Hmm. That's really cool, and I think you know you've given me at least permission to. Go ahead and push, you know, try try a few more times before I give up on that concept. Oh, yeah. I think because it, because it was uncomfortable, I think I thought, oh, this doesn't work for us. You know, and I, I honestly think that that's where the challenge comes in. Every couple, every individual is so unique. Every couple yeah. is very unique. And what we tend to do is we tend to really personalize everything, uh, you know. And so it's interesting that you were able to, by just lovingly giving him time to process that concept, of mm-hmm. listening without fixing that after a time he came to enjoy the concept. So that's that's really cool. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. number three. Um, well, that's the whole idea of words, the third one is, you know, we used to hear, I think, many, you know, not maybe many, but some years ago we heard that um, women use many more words than men in the course of a day. But what's happened is more recent research is suggesting that it's not, the difference is not in the amount of words used by men versus women, but how their words are used. And so some research has been done that really has identified that men position, group, um, so it's more of like your thing, much more in the professional world. Um, and women use their words to bond with each other. And so what happens is, like when a man comes home from work, he doesn't want to keep doing, you know, wrangling for position and negotiating his status. He just wants a break. And so he can sit in the TV and think about nothing and just have that break. But women, on the other hand, they're so eager to reconnect after being apart all day that they want to spend time in conversation but because we're using our words for different things, it feels very differently. Yeah, I even think about um, I would think about like my husband. 
when he is when he when we're traveling uh, and not doing work like just vacationing, it's different. But when he's in the midst yeah. of uh, the busyness of life and he's making decisions all day long, like if we go to if he were to go to lunch at a subway, he doesn't like that. He doesn't like to have to decide and make decisions about every last thing. He'll just say to the he'll just say to the girl behind the counter, or the kid behind the counter, he'll say, just just put something on there. They'll be like, sir, we can't do that. You have to tell us. And he'll be like, no, I mean it. Just just put something together for me. They're like, no, you have to tell us. So, but I think that I I think that that's so true. That verbally, when you're exhausted verbally. Yeah. For guys, you know, they just, it's, everything is a chore then. And that's certainly not what we're going for um, in our communication in the evenings. We're not trying to make more work for them. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and understanding that um, is so important because, you know, we, as women, we can allow them to have a break, you know, even before we connect, you know, and then have that conversation maybe later after time you know that right a, a kind of an easy fix yeah okay what's number four um the fourth one is again um how like we, we talked about how men have the different office suites in their brain and so because of that they really compartmentalize um but they can switch gears from one topic to another or it's maybe with their wife to football scores with a friend. They can switch from, you know, having a heated disagreement and wanting to spend time alone together very, very quickly because they really just close the door to one thing and then open the door to the next the next topic or the next situation. Um, and so, you know, as soon as he's done with that, he just moves on. Women see things like in the picture and in the office suite kind of um, – uh, environment, um, who they connect all the aspects of their lives. So at four o'clock in the afternoon, when maybe the husband's coming home or the kids are coming home from school, she still might be thinking about a conversation she had with this morning with someone that was very upsetting or very sad. And all of that, those you know, the words and the emotions with it have traveled with her throughout her day. So she doesn't really have that luxury, or almost really a luxury, of just closing the door and moving on to the next thing. And so, you know, especially like if a, a husband and wife have had an argument about something, um, you know, hours later the, might, the wife might still be, you know, sad about it or upset about it. And the fella, he's just moved on, you know. He's going to a softball game or he's doing something else. And, you know, she kind of upset about that um but really it's because of the way they process and think about it that's so different the office suites and studios that this can really be an issue Mm. that's so great well this is marty sweberger visiting today with carrie iannone of cross point life coaching we're going to come right back and finish up with the last four common communication issues as well as six practical tips for improving communication we will be right back What's your next step? Are you tired of scouring the Internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more, all available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. 
Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and we're coming down to the uh, end of our program here with Carrie Ione. Mm-hmm. Ionone. We're talking about men, women, and communication. Carrie, let's just keep on cruising here through the common communication issues. What's the fifth one? Sure. Uh, another difference in how men and women communicate is how we deal with stress. And so we often find that when women are stressed, they really prefer to vent verbally. They recount every single detail of a situation, whereas when men are stressed, they often will, not, will prefer to not talk about it at all. They put it in that office. They close the door. They will distract themselves with something else, and they don't really want to mull it over. Um, and so, you know, when we're stressed, too, the men will offer different solutions instead of just thing. Uh, when man, you know, kind of closes that door and doesn't want to go there or think about that, the woman will try to um, kind of coax him out and, you know, ask him what's wrong and, and that kind of thing, when really what he needs is just to not think about it for a little while. And so, you know, that, again, can lead to some more issues between the two of them. I really like the picture of a man um, closing the door to the troubles. And just, yeah. you know, thinking about something else. And it really helps me to understand what happens sometimes when he's trying to fix my problems. Really, he's just saying, can't you just shut the door on that so we can do something else right now? And, yeah. and from his perspective, it's very difficult to understand why I can't do that. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. What's number six? <clears throat> uh, the sixth one is how we communicate kind of about reminders. Um you know, there's kind of a joke thing going on. I've seen on Facebook posted that uh, something about the man, you know, says, uh, you know, you don't need to remind me about this again. You know, once every six months is more than enough or something like that. Because, you know, <laughs> men think that because he's heard it once or he's told his wife maybe something before, he doesn't need to do it again. You know, whether it's an important date, an event, even sometimes I love you, there are men who think that just saying it once is enough. But women, again, because there's so much going on in that in that studio, they like reminders. There's so much going on. The thing that gets attended to is the is the item that's often the loudest. And so mm-hmm. we like to be reminded. We want, you know, because then we attend to it. It feels good in that moment. and Or it's encouraging. Like, we want to hear I love you. Uh, you know, we want to, like, I, I mean, I even find this with my children. My son will say, you know, um, did you, you know, write me that check I need for the band trip? And I'll say, what band trip? Well, I told you about it. When was that? Oh, like two months ago? And he happened to mention it once, and he just thinks that I remember it. But I, and I say to him, you know, you know, Joseph, Many, many things have happened in these last two months, and you hadn't <laughs> mentioned it again, so I forgot about it, you know. And so I see it even when they're younger, how those brain differences are really working. My kids would always, my kids would always say, write it down, Mom. Write it down, Mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I would not remember. Yeah. That's so true. That's interesting that that's a male-female difference. I guess I had never put that together that that could be gender-related. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, what's number seven? Uh, the seventh one it relates to bonding. 
and how we bond. And I think in general, women tend to believe that we bond when we spend valuable time together. You know, it's time interacting. We're talking with each other. It's about that eye contact. We're listening. And women bond through talking. Talk while they're shopping. They talk while they're jogging. They might talk while they have their children at the park. They talk in the office. And men, you know, they bond by doing things together. There may be very little conversation at all. You know, men get together to watch the football game, not usually talk about it, but watch it. You know, they get together to play baseball, or maybe they need help fixing the tractor or the lawnmower. But they don't often have lots of conversation around those things. And so that is often a huge difference because a man will think that if his wife is nearby, they're bonding. And the woman is expecting talking, interacting, sharing, um, and that's how they're bonding. So they really see those two things so very differently. Well, I can hardly wait to get to the last section here where we talk about how to improve things. (laughs) So let's do number eight. (laughs) All right. Eight is just the difference between being independent and versus needing help. So women want to, I mean, I'm sorry, men want to take care of their women but they do it in their own way. You know, they want to be needed to fix the leaky faucet, hang a picture, you know, get the car done, whatever it is. But again, they do things on their own terms. And maybe they know the car needs a repair, but, you know, they, they're doing something else now, so they close that door and they're not thinking of it. And women will see that as, oh, he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't want to fix it, so they'll do it themselves. But oftentimes what that communicates to the man is that she doesn't need me or she doesn't want my help. And then, you know, they're they're less apt to be helpful the next time. Mm. Yeah, and that is that is really a tough one too. Um, it is interesting to watch though that if you just wait if you just wait, it can come around, but it takes a lot of patience on that to do. So let's talk about then the six practical tips for improving communication. Sure. I think, you know, we've talked about this. We've touched on it, um, you and I, already. And the first one really is just understand how the other one operates. You know, just understanding and realizing the difference in how our brains are wired can be a huge light bulb moment for a man or a woman, you know, and just, you know, even desiring to understand how the other person does things or thinks about things um, really helps trying to kind of meet them on their terms, you know, to, um, you know, like the whole thing with my husband and I saying, you know, I just need you to listen, you know, because I know he likes to figure things out. But listening, just listening would be most helpful right now. And that's just, you know, super, just understanding, um, you know, and then sharing those needs. And that's really the second one is be direct in communicating the needs. You know, no partner is a mind reader. Um, You know, no colleague is a mind reader. And so it just takes the guesswork out of it. So a little understanding and some direct communication regarding needs is very, very helpful. I remember early in our marriage, um, Dave told me that if I wanted a yes answer, that I should not have him answer the same day. If I if I wanted a no, mm-hmm. he could give me an answer right in that moment. But if I ever yeah. wanted a yes, 
that I needed to let him at least sleep on it. And that piece of information was so important to our marriage because otherwise I yeah. really wouldn't have understood why he kept on, you know, needing to say no to what I was asking. But if I could just wait a little bit, and, you know, let's kind of back to the last point of the other one too. Men men kind of get to something in their own time. And we all mm-hmm. do. And if we have a minute at the end, it would be fun to talk about, you know, auton- the, the need to be needed and the need to be autonomous. I mean, and that, that balance is so critical in yeah. our relationship. But this this point about being direct, sometimes it can feel kind of like I'm sure – I'm sure if I would have said something like that to him, like I would need to sleep on things, that it would have felt a little, you know, maybe controlling or maybe confining to him or something to have that limitation. But it was actually a really big gift to me and to our marriage for him to be direct yeah. like that. So I just encourage That's you that it's so important. Yeah, really mm-hmm. important. Cool. Yeah, and so similarly, I know, um, like if I – if we, when we were first married, too, is, um, you know, I would sometimes say, you know, I would share my heart, and then, you know, I was looking for a response that he heard me and understood me, and sometimes there wasn't one, or sometimes yeah. we needed, you know, to have a conversation about it, and, you know, and I'd say, you know, what do you think about that? And, you know, and he didn't have, sometimes he would say, well, yeah, you know, yeah, I agree with that, or, you know, I'm not, I don't really know. And so I began to say, well, you know, when might you know? And, yeah, and he said, I, you know, I, I just, I really need to think about it. I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, when can we get back together so we can have this conversation and come to a, you know, decision about whatever? And and that was very strange because, you know, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't raised like that. I didn't understand that, but it was so helpful. And, and so we would look at the calendar and he'd say, well, you know, how about Thursday? Thursday's great. And so I knew on Thursday, at least, we would be able to finish our conversation, have some resolution, make a decision, whatever. Hmm. It was really, really helpful. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, be direct, be direct. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, what's the third practical tip for improving communication? And this this is one we've also touched on. Um, it's about trying on the other's perspective. You know, again, understanding how each other one operates is certainly a, an important piece of the puzzle. But then, you know, trying to maybe do things from the other person's perspective, like knowing that men bond through activity. You know, maybe the the woman can pull up a chair while he's fixing the car and just sit there and watch. You know, for her, she's thinking about 5,000 things she needs to do, but for him, it's very meaningful. For years, um, after church on Sundays, my husband would watch football, and I would sit next to him and read the newspaper because I'm not really interested in football, but we were together, and that was really very meaningful for him, you know. And then on the flip side of that, you know, maybe the, the man could, you know, go to the mall with his wife even though, that's the last thing he wants to do, you know, and just mosey around and stroll, which, you know, again, he doesn't so much like to do. But, again, it's just trying to do things from the other person's perspective. And it communicates that I care about you, I want to understand you, and, you know, this is important to me. Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking um, one of the things that I've really learned from Dave is to compartmentalize. Uh, it, mm. it helps 
so much to be able to say, um, well, for example, sometimes in a situation where there's a huge trauma, like um, someone in your family is in the hospital, but you have to go thing at work or something like that. Yeah. And you really do have to compartmentalize at that point. You cannot be two places at once in your head or with your body. And so you just have to say, I'm going back to the hospital at 2 o'clock. Right now I'm in this meeting. And, yeah. and to be able to do that. And actually to be able to extend that further, not just during crisis situations, but to be able to truly be present is is a really valuable thing that we can learn, you know, from from the guys and it comes more naturally to them, but we can do it if we really put our hearts to it, uh, to be very present with whatever is going on around us right at that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's that's such a gift really to give to be present, just like you're saying, to be in the moment and um it communicates volumes, it communicates value and it's really a gift that we can give to each other. Yeah, it really is. What's number four? I say number four is clarify, clarify, clarify. So I say don't be afraid to ask what your partner wants from you. If you're not sure maybe how to be supportive or how to be helpful, to ask. And, again, for women this is hard, especially because we think that they can read our mind. So we're not used to being so direct and clarifying a need. And it really, this can avoid hurt feelings, more miscommunication. You know, just by asking, you know, what is it that you need from me right now? You know, or how can I help you? Just simple. And you're not assuming, you know, that you know how to be helpful. And like my husband and I, especially when we were married earlier, he just assumed that he knew what I needed because that's what he would have needed. And I have been right. doing the same thing. But instead saying, you know, how can I be helpful to you today? You know, what what would be most important for you in this situation? And that then allows the other person to tell you what they need. And then you can determine if that's something you can do. And that is just super helpful. So if you're not sure, ask. Ask, ask, ask. Yeah, and it really does give the other person an opportunity to say something that maybe they've been thinking of. Just this morning, we had this. I had my notebook in hand so I could actually write down and remember what he says. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I said, "Okay, I'm leaving town. I'm leaving town for four days tomorrow morning. Is there anything else I can do for you before I leave?" You know, and he actually yeah. had a few things. It gave me time to actually get them done. And it gave him the opportunity to ask for them to be done. So um, I think that just being, you know, being open and honest and, and, and available to each other, you know, is huge. Absolutely, yeah. That's a great example, too. Okay, what's the fifth one? Fifth one is to apologize wherever mm. and whenever it's needed. Mm. And even, I say, even if you're not sure, it can't hurt to apologize. You know, it it really communicates that, you know, you're you're sorry, uh, you know, that you're really, you want it to be there, you're trying really hard, maybe you didn't get it right, but, you know, you're going to you're gonna keep trying, you know, I'm sorry. It communicates also that you're not perfect, they're not perfect, and we're not expecting perfection. You know, we are human. But just, you know, if if you're not sure, I think an apology goes a very long way. Oh, I love that. I 
I actually have a little saying, a little mantra that I say. I, I, I go like this. I say, I'm sorry and thank you out loud, and you're welcome silently. <laughs> so mm, what, that means, what that means is that, you know, sometimes the other person is busy and they don't remember to say thank you for every little thing you do, or maybe that's not their personality at all. And I can just I can just assume the thank you and say, you're welcome silently. And then when I, when I have something to be grateful for or when I have something to apologize about, to verbalize those things and to hold myself accountable to that, I just think it's freed me up from always expecting him to say he's sorry or say thank you all the time or whatever. This just frees me up to do the right thing from my personality and from how I would do it and let him be him. Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. I like that. <clears throat> cool. What's our last one? The last one is really to just encourage each other because trying to meet, to communicate with those of the opposite sex can really be hard work, just as we've talked about today. They Some of these things take practice, and we're not really great at it because we're not used to doing things that way. So it's so important to acknowledge the other person's effort and really encourage them, you know, to say thank you. If someone tried something, you know, from your perspective or whatever it is, you know, say thank you. Acknowledge the effort even if it's not exactly what it was supposed to be because that's really motivating. It will encourage them to continue uh, trying. And certainly the more we practice, the better we get at it, and that is a win-win for everybody. Absolutely, I love that. And I um, I wrote this in the morning minute this week, but um, my sister had been talking to someone recently, a new acquaintance, and he asked how long she'd been married. And she said, well, over 35 years. And he was just shocked. And he said, how could you possibly stay married to the same person for that long? <laughs> and she said, well, our marriage is based on competition. And he said, what? And she she said, well, we just have this running competition. We see who can spoil each other the most. And so far, we're both winning. Uh, <laughs> oh, so great. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for being here. This has just been wonderful. If you guys didn't get to hear the whole thing, go back and listen to the first part. So much great stuff here. Thanks so much, Carrie. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. And you guys, you want to go over and check out Carrie's website at crosspointlifecoaching.com. That's crosspointlifecoaching.com. Her name is Carrie and Ionone, and that's spelled I-A-N-N-O-N-E. And she's also a speaker over at womenspeakers.com, so go check that all out. And also be sure to check out the upcoming events at marnie.com under the events tab, live and upcoming events about the ones that I'm hosting or speaking at or um, that we're sponsoring here. Also, if you want to find all the upcoming Christian women's events, you can go to womenseventsinfo and all of the upcoming major women's events are there. Finally, if you're looking for a speaker or if you are a speaker, be sure to visit womenspeakers.com. And we will be back here with you again next week at the same time, same place. See you later. Have a great day. Bye-bye.